Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takes by fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to twitch.tv slash takes by fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart radio so however you want to watch or listen we've got you covered multiple ways Alrighty, today's a big old friday there's more preseason games to talk about today folks so we will kind of preview some of the games on tonight walk through them a little bit and make uh, some official predictions if anything's looking juicy for us today uh, we're gonna break down the preseason games from last night mac jones how did he look folks i mean pretty gosh dang good pretty gosh dang good i think i liked him a little bit better than cam newton think i think i do so we're gonna look at him today um unfortunately game pass i don't know what the hell they did they just ruined game pass for some reason and it's just so frustrating um they're on there but there's you can't select individual plays anymore i don't get what they were trying to do their whole website's trashed now so i don't know if they're gonna fix that or what but last year's game pass was absolutely perfection and uh, this year's, it's absolute garbage dumpster. Um, so we're going to try and go through go through it. It's going to be tough, but we're going to see if it works out today. If it doesn't, we won't do it for the rest of the season or until they fix it. But uh, we're going to see if we can kind of skirt around it a little bit and uh, see what we can make out of it. And I'm just so disappointed. I'm so, uh, I'm, it's just straight up disappointment, folks. It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? You had a really, really great product. I can choose players plays bingo bango this play that play but now there's only two options the full game replay or the condensed game replay which is like okay uh, okay i want to see individual plays <laughs> that's what we do here so damn so we're gonna try to make it work folks we're gonna try to work make it work because we got to see mac jones Gotta watch that, man. Um, we gotta watch Taylor Heineke, Ryan Fitzpatrick. How are they looking? Jalen Hurts, how did he look? Joe Flacco maybe did a little bit better than him, maybe a little bit. So, we gotta talk about those preseason games yesterday. And, and today, I we're going to unveil a new list today, folks. A new list. We're gonna try it out and see how it works in the preseason. And then we'll see if we implement it for the regular season. But last season, we had the cash and trash list where every week, we kind of highlighted the best players in the tr uh, cash tr column and then the worst players, obviously, in the trash column. But I think we're going to retool this list a little bit to make it a little bit more, I don't even know, fun, more fun, more, um, more Betty. <laughs> more Betty, so uh, we're going to unveil that today and see how it goes. Uh, um, it, I think it's a pretty good one, so we'll see how it goes. And then if we have time, which we probably won't, so don't get too don't get too excited, folks. Um, but if we do have time, we will do an NFL team refresher. But who knows? I don't even know if we're gonna be able to watch these Game Pass games, folks. So it's really all gonna depend on that. So we'll see how all this goes today. So here we go, folks. Y'all ready for the show? Let's see how this one goes today. Let's see what we got. Here we go. First story up, folks. Well. I want to see what's going on with this because this is kind of big here, folks. This is big. We really need to get down to the nitty-gritty of this Mike McCarthy, folks, because like we've been saying, I mean, his just overall career is a little lackluster. You were with Aaron Rodgers. For how many years was he with Aaron Rodgers, folks? 12, 10, maybe not 12. Let's quickly take a look right here. 
I mean, it only, uh, folks, uh, that's what we're saying. Like, if, it, if they got two multiple Super Bowls, I don't care about winning Super Bowls. I want you to get there. Yes, we still want you to win at some point. But still, I just need you to get there a couple of times if you're not winning them every single year like Tom Brady does. But Mike McCarthy... Um, he was, 2006 was Aaron, Ro Aaron Rodgers wasn't there, Aaron Rodgers got there in 2008, so 2008 all the way up to 2007, 2018, midway through 2018, that's when he got canned, unfortunately, but I mean, folks, we're talking about, like, 10 years, and you only got to one Super Bowl, losing multiple division championships game, folks, it's just like, very underwhelming overall for Mike McCarthy with, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time, Aaron Rodgers. So, we have to see what's going on with him. And now he's with Dak. And Dak looks real solid. Not obviously as good as Aaron Rodgers. But still good enough to be able to win games consistently in this league. So, we kind of uh, looked at, not looked at it, but we just saw the headline yesterday at the end of yesterday's show. Um... But we get a nice article written here by Tom Pelissero. His credentials are reporter for NFL Network, and he's he hosts his own show. Ooh, look at this man. Look at that man. Look at you go. Okay. He's got his own show on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Love to hear it. So he's got some solid credentials right here. So I just want to go through this article. This may take uh, some time, some time, folks. We'll see how quickly we can go through it and what they're saying and if there's anything of substance or if we have to cancel it out, you know, quickly. So... Um, this is what the uh, article's about. My conversation with Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy about getting healthy, leadership in their growing relationship, and more. So that was kind of, we just saw Hard Knocks episode one for the Dallas Cowboys training camp two days ago on the show. And we just saw that relationship did not look that great. Mike McCarthy was trying to kind of bust, um... Dak Prescott stones a little bit, and Dak Prescott really wasn't playing into that. Mike McCarthy being smurfy, and Dak Prescott just being stoic and just, you know, hey, I want to be out there so bad, you don't even know. So uh, that's kind of, that was our kind of first real taste of a behind-the-scenes look of truly the the quarterback and coach relationship. And we all know how, you know, McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, it didn't really seem like the best fit there. So is Mike McCarthy the problem? Let's see what we get here in this article. Let's see what Tom Pelissero was saying. Hopefully he was asking the right questions and getting the right answers out of there. Because, you know, we read pretty heavily. We we saw, we took that camera footage that Hard Knocks put up. And, uh, you know, we were just uh, kind of reading into it very, very, very deeply and heavily. So we'll see if that's a good thing to do or not. But let's see what we get here in this article. So here we go. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Dressed out in full pads as he might jump into a drill at any moment, the Dallas Cowboys star quarterback stood behind backup Garrett Gilbert before each snap with the first-team offense. He spoke with coaches after plays. His eyes scanned the defense when his horn blew to signal the end of a period in Sunday's spirited joint practice with the Los Angeles Rams. Prescott jogged out to tap teammates' hands and helmets with words of encouragement. Later, he crossed field to spend time observing the revamped Dallas defense. 
This is what the Cowboys paid for back in March and paid handsomely, signing Prescott to a four-year $160 million contract that included $126 million in guarantees less than five months into his rehabilitation from a fractured and dislocated right ankle. It's not just Prescott the player, though there's plenty to like there too, with the ankle fully healed and only a muscle strain in his throwing shoulder, keeping him out of the team drills. He had just <laughs> glossing over that. Oh, well, it was just a muscle strain. Well, then why is he getting a second MRI? It's a little bit, we think it's a little bit worse than just a little old muscle strain. So, all right. Um, it's the way Prescott has led by example that won over teammates and everyone else in the building since he arrived as a fourth-round pick in 2016, starting every game until the gruesome injury on October 11th. So, once again, Dak Prescott is a true leader. You know, you know, getting everybody, even though that he's not out there, the ones, the twos, whoever's out there, you know, pumping them up offensively, and then, you know, still looking at the defense, seeing what they got, you know, being a leader for both sides of the ball, that vocal leader, locker room leader, on-field leader, you love to hear it and that's kind of what we don't really see too much with Mike McCarthy and we saw that in Hard Knocks nobody was really buying in to his hype speeches and all of that and the mojo moment it was a good idea but I think it was you know flawed executedly so we get Dak Prescott's a leader but we want to see Mike McCarthy be that leader too quote here by Dak Prescott first off I've never played this game to get paid that's never been a motivation factor to anything that I do. For me, it's just about doing what I love and doing it with the right attitude and with the positive mindset each and every day, no matter what it is. And I'll never ask a teammate to do something that I wouldn't do. So you don't play for the money, but then you were declining smaller contracts. <laughs> Once again, folks, it's like these people are saying, you know, boilerplate media question answers that you have to just say. You're not going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in it for the money. Remember what Tom Brady said, nine, I, what did he say, 99 or 95? 90 95% of what I say to the media is not truly what I'm thinking. And this is definitely one because, Dak, why were you holding out on the contract then? You know, you, you declined the smaller offer, waited for the 160 shop, which I'm not knocking. I, I do the same thing. I want that 160, baby. I want 126 guaranteed a little bit more, too. So, okay, okay. All right, where do we leave off? Here we go. Back to the quote. And I'll never ask a teammate to do something that I wouldn't do. So whether it's getting hurt and trying to stay engaged or whether it's getting, it's picking up a piece of candy, more on that in, in a bit. Okay, so, okay, that wasn't part of the quote. Or is picking up a, par a piece of candy. I just think it's important for me to be consistent day in and day out. The 2020 season did not go as planned for much anyone. The star, well, let's actually keep going here. Okay. Um, let's go to this one. All right. The headline of this section of the article is a natural leadership moment. All right. Let's see this. Hopefully we get some uh, leadership by Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. So let's see what Tom Pelissero is writing here. Here we go. Selfishness was one of many lessons Prescott learned from his later his late mother, Peggy, who raised Dak and his two older brothers as a single mother. Peggy died after a more than year-long battle with colon cancer in 2013 when Dak was 20-year-old sophomore at Mississippi State. Quote, it goes a long way, putting others before yourself and just being an example to others if you can. I just know I've just seen in my life it affects people and I've seen how it impacted people and I won't stop now just because they wrote me a nice check. 
That came across in this fir- in the first meeting McCarthy had with Prescott over lunch after taking the Cowboys' job last year. A relatively rare face-to-face interaction prior to training camp in 2020 with COVID shutdowns wiping out the offseason program and Prescott absent from virtual team activities throughout the spring while waiting out contract negotiations that that didn't end up yielding a deal at the time. Once again, Dak, why, you know, if you weren't about the money, why not take that deal? Right? Right? Uh, leaving Prescott to play the season on the franchise tag. The Cowboys' first team dynamic exercise of the McCarthy era was during the COVID-relocated 2020 training camp back in Frisco, Texas, was a wild game show activity that, because of mandatory social distancing, took up most of the Cowboys' practice field, which ended up littered with pizza, candy, and other debris. Uh, Quote here by Mike McCarthy. When the event was over, Dak started picking up all the candy, all the garbage. Then (laughs) all the garbage. I got him looking like Oscar uh, Oscar Grouch out here. (laughs) Then Zeke Elliott was right there with them. And then next thing you know, five more guys started helping. Then there was 10. There was 15. The players, they cleaned it up in about 10 minutes. I thought that was a natural leadership moment. Once again, Dak Prescott showing natural ship. Natural leadership out here. Hey, 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 hey who's going to clean up this field? Nobody got a name? Well, I'll, I guess I'll do it. I'm the quarterback. I'm the leader here, and he's picking up the candy and the garbage off the field. And then it's infectious, folks. That's why we need a leader. And that's why it really has to come back from really the quarterback because he is the vocal leader all the time. He is, you know, the one that really just makes the engine run, folks. It is always the quarterback. So Dak being the leader, then Zeke gets involved, and Zeke's kind of the number two, and then everyone just starts buying into that. So fantastic. You didn't see Mike McCarthy started to pick up all that candy first, did you? And then people go, meh, meh. So Dak Prescott is that leader. So now now that this is kind of established, and even Mike McCarthy's admitting it to it, and we've been seeing and hearing Dak, you know, be a nice leader. We love how he's talking to his teammates and how he interacts and, you know, seeing him work in hard knocks. And once again, being that vocal leader, Spending time with the offense, spending time with the defense, making sure everybody knows that he's there and he's kind of cheering them on and rooting for them. Now that we know Dak Prescott is the good leader, now when we kind of, you know, see what's kind of going on here with this Cowboys team, we really have to see what is Mike McCarthy doing in comparison and just all of this. So we do know that Dak Prescott is a true leader. Let's continue on. Prescott had a good relationship with offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, a holdover from previous coach Jason Garrett's staff who continues to call the plays, but Prescott and McCarthy, who had long prided himself on his close relationship with his quarterbacks, most notably Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, during his 13 seasons, nine playoff trips, and a Super Bowl win with the Green Bay Packers, admit they didn't know much about each other at this time a year ago. Quote, it was definitely a weird start, McCarthy said. Still, Prescott was playing some of his best football in 2020 until he took off running to his left against the New York Giants and ended up crumpling into the ground, his right foot dangling sideways. Jeez, Tom, you don't have to write it out like this. Damn, we know the injury. Damn, crumpled into the ground, his right foot dangling sideways as he desperately tried to twist it back into place, which he definitely did do that too. Um, The severity of the injury quickly became evident, so graphic, it has since been scrambled out of replays on some TV networks, uh, but they had no problem showing it and uh, hard knocks. <laughs> I am literally hanging up his dangling ankle, folks. It's uh, 
Yeah, I mean, gruesome injuries, truly that. Quote here by Mike McCarthy. As a head coach, I've stood over some really nasty injuries, and that was definitely top of the list. But the response in the stadium and from the giant sideline to everybody, I've never seen anything like that. I think that speaks volumes about how everybody feels about Dak. So once again, people respect Dak. The Giants. I mean, we saw I mean, we saw the game last season, folks. It's not like everyone was booing and clapping or like, yeah, finally Dak's out and now we can win. It's like Damn, dude, this dude is done for the year. You know, this is a huge, great competitor, and he's not out there. And, you know, I'm a Giants fan, or I'm a Giants player, and, you know, this should be good, and we shouldn't be, like, actively cheering. But, you know, they were all, like, big in support of Dak Prescott. So, once again, he's highly respected around the league, and he's a great leader. So, if there's anything kind of coming out of why this Cowboys team is struggling, we have to maybe look elsewhere. And that's where we really want to see what McCarthy is all about because, you know, I don't know why Tom Palacero is saying it's a close relationship between Aaron Rodgers and um, Mike McCarthy. I don't think Aaron Rodgers liked Mike McCarthy at all. I don't think, like, I mean, we had all those stories leak about Mike McCarthy being a trash coach and getting massages. Folks, he was getting massages in his office while practice was going on. Whether that's true or false, that story came out from, um, the Packers, the Packers player side, um, when Mike McCarthy left, because they didn't really feel like he was truly putting in all the time and work and effort and energy needed into being a head coach of a football team. All right, let's see. Uh, let's continue on here. Arms folded as he peered down at medical personnel attending to Prescott. McCarthy was clearly distraught. Garrett, now the Giants' offensive coordinator, came in onto the field as well. Players from both teams offered encouragement to Prescott, who was driven off once doctors stabilized the leg. Tears rolled down his face. He extended one fist briefly to acknowledge the cheering crowd before disappearing into the tunnel. Emergency surgery was completed that night. Prescott's most vivid memory from that day is, quote, probably just a moment that I got on the cart. I think that's when it all the emotions just started started hitting me. That was my season that my season was done. I never missed that much time in the game of football. And just to know that I was going to be leaving the field, not going to be out there with my teammates, my brothers. And that just hurt. But just the embrace I got from coach, from my teammates telling me it was going to be okay from the other sideline, and just that drive off the field was something I'll never forget. End quote. Given the situation, the seizing ending injury intensive rehab ahead, no contract for 2021, intense COVID protocols in the building, a team that started three other quarterbacks, playoff hopes alive until a loss in the Week 17 rematch with the Giants only because nobody else in the NFC East was winning either. Plenty of players, much less superstars, would have dropped off the grid. But within days, Prescott was back in the building, undergoing daily COVID testing to stay around his teammates, even seeking out McCarthy to express ideas and thoughts about the offense. Quote by Dak Prescott, football's always been my life. My mom used to say I eat, sleep, and breathe football. I was trying to fix my ankle to get back out on the field. That's all I knew for the most part is to get back in there, help my teammates out. I just knew that I could give them support. I could pick them up. I could just be out there for whatever they need and just be the mental support at the time when I knew I couldn't obviously be out there on the field. So, it was just important for me to get around, and I knew it was good for my well-being, too. It's just getting back into something that I love. So, once again, Dak Prescott, 
after that ankle injury, still being around the team, getting them hyped up, you know, just knowing, just having them know that, hey, I'm here for y'all. I am still here. I'm the captain of this team. I'm the leader of this team, and I'm still here. I'm not going to let this injury take me away from this team. I love y'all. Y'all are my brothers. We are family, and I will do whatever it takes for y'all to get better, for me to get better, and for us to win consistently in this league. And we just saw that in Hard Knocks with that shoulder injury. He he was not out um, getting treatment away from the team inside the building. No, he stayed out there. McCarthy kind of told him, hey, why don't you go in the building and go get some treatment? Mc Dak wanted to be out there seeing the team, just being there, be there. People just want you to be there. Just be there, be there. And he's always trying to just be there. Prescott has been outspoken about mental health since his brother Jace committed suicide in April 2020, and many athletes struggle mentally during rehab, suddenly immobilized in their entire lives seemingly on hold. Asked how much uh, of the decision to stay engaged was about keeping his mind in a positive place, Prescott said, quote, yeah, maybe 90% or more. A lot of it was to help the teammates out, and that's all I know. But at the same time, I knew it's a, it was important for me to keep my mind rolling, stay engaged to the game, but there, but there as much as I could, be there as much as I could. I knew that helped me get through these challenging parts when I wasn't able to rehab and I was just sitting with my leg up. Alrighty, so we do know that Dak is truly a 100% dedicated leader to this team and that's worth $160 million in my books, folks. I mean, geez Louise, he's a great passer of the football in that leadership. Leadership, I mean, football is really kind of 50% scale, 50% kind of just, you know, your presence, your, you know, putting your ego aside, leading, being that kind of vocal leader out there. It really goes hand in hand, folks. I mean, we got Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes kind of, you know, winning the last, you know, what was it, like the last eight Super Bowls because, you know, they're both great leaders. We hear Patrick Mahomes all the time. He seems like a great guy. seems like he loves his team, and he seems like a great leader. Tom Brady, I mean, he hasn't been working with A1 tier one pieces his entire career, elevating kind of tier two pieces, being that great vocal leader on the field, and that's what wins championships, folks. You need that leader aspect at the quarterback position 100,000%. All right. Let's uh, see the next. Um, this we may stop the article now because I really just wanted to focus in and key in on that leadership role, and I wish we got some more from Mike McCarthy, but we never did. The next segment of this article is quote I'll be ready when it really matters, and I know this quote is coming from Dak Prescott um, shoulder injury about you know hey you know I I'm not there right now, but I, I will be there when it really matters. So let's see how far we'll we'll continue in this article a little bit, just see how much more there is to say uh, so let's see what we get here Prescott underwent a second procedure on the ankle in early December to strengthen his deltoid ligament, clean out the ankle, and make it more structurally sound. He had to take about a week off from rehab to let the wound heal, but it improved the stability and integrity of the ankle with hopes of accelerating his recovery overall. By early February, Prescott was walking without issue and doing weight-bearing exercises, and the Cowboys were confident enough in Prescott's progress that they had plans in place to try to sign him to a long-term contract before the franchise tag window closed on March 9th. They ended up applying a second tag as a procedural matter before the deal was signed, all but ensuring Prescott wouldn't be tagged again in his career. 
even after the 2020 season ended, Prescott remained at the star on a daily basis for rehab and kept talking with McCarthy. In addition to their normal daily interactions on the field and in meetings, the two stay connected via text. Though Prescott, 28, notes with a smile the 57-year-old McCarthy, a self-described old-school communicator, often will respond to a text with a phone call instead. After years of coaching changes, particularly on the offensive side, Prescott offered praise for the accountability and consistent approach of the Cowboys' current coaching staff. Quote, that, that's what you need in a championship team, he said, which McCarthy echoed about the quarterback. Quote by McCarthy, he's the same man every day. Going through the contract situation as a head coach, you have to learn that you have to separate the business from the football. For Dak to be as young as he is, it was never an issue. He's been very easy to connect with. In an offseason where so many star quarterbacks, including Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson, in one way or another expressed a desire for changes or a fresh start, Prescott gave McCarthy and others every indication throughout the process that he remained all in. So once again, we're hearing that, you know, Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy really have this buddy-buddy relationship that they're always in constant communication. But once again, that hard knocks thing, it just seemed awkward. It came off as awkward. You know, if they were so close, then Dak Prescott should have known that Mike McCarthy was being a little smurfy when he says, you know, hey, Dak, you know, hey, look what you're missing, mojo moment. And Dak Prescott, stoic as heck, would say, you know, I want to be out there, coach. You don't know how much I want to be out there. So once again is it very close or are they just saying classic boilerplate stuff that you just have to say in the media because what we saw the cameras capture by the hard knocks crew it just seemed like an awkward moment overall it didn't seem like a buddy buddy smurfy play back and forth you know um just kind of conversation right there which it should have been and it just kind of got awkward. It was like a solid two seconds of awkward, um, you know, silence before the cameras cut. But how long did that awkward silence go? Did Mike McCarthy just end up walking away without saying anything? What happened? We don't know because that's not what we saw because, you know, we only have 55 minutes to watch it, you know. Um, so they have to cut it down to 55 minutes. So you can't leave everything in there, obviously. So. I don't know how strong, I don't know if we believe, I believe Dak Prescott's a great person and a great leader. I just don't know about their, their relationship. I don't know. Um, obviously we'll know more as we see more hard knocks and all that, but I don't know if we're truly just buying that they're all buddy, buddy like this. All right. Um, quote here by Dak Prescott quote. This organization has done so much for me and just the support, obviously, through that injury from coach, the coaching staff, my teammates, and I grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan. I never in a million years thought they'd be that I'd be playing somewhere else. I knew it was important for me to control what I could control, take care of my injury, rehab the right way, and stay positive, and I knew something good would come from it. McCarthy says, quote, the thing I remember most about when Dak first went through the injury, unfortunate for the team, but it was definitely a blessing in disguise, was there was a number of other starters in that training room. It was amazing to walk in there in between meetings and swing in there and every day and to see every table full, and I think it helped everybody. I think it definitely helped Dak, and then Zach Martin got hurt, and the other guys, Tyron Smith was in there, and LC, Lyle Collins. It was the most impressive training room I've, I've ever walked into, unfortunately, but I think a lot of those guys 
got a lot out of that going through it at the same time. Starting tight end Blake Jarwin, who tore his ACL in the season opener against the Rams, was a fixture in that ra- in that room too. What were the conversations like? Uh, quote here by Dak Prescott. We all just wanted to be healthy, obviously, and wanted to help our team. But just the fact of, hey, when we get healthy, we've got to remember these times. We've got to remember this, and we can't take anything for granted, whether it's walkthrough, whether it's practice, whether it's hanging out at lunch, eating with the guys, because that's something we were missing. So as we're a year later and that whole training room's out, and we're hitting the field, we think about those moments, and sometimes I make a, I make a con- conscious effort to go dap those guys up and remind them it's just good to be back out here and doing what we love. Again, that's the leadership the Cowboys believe they'll see from Prescott under the center again sooner than later. Quote, I think the longer you do this job, the more you worry, McCarthy said. And frankly, I'm respectful of protecting Dak from himself. It's go, go, go all the time. And this shoulder is just something we don't want it to turn into a serious deal. We're close, we're getting there, and he's doing it the right way. The way Prescott got her back in October won't influence how the Cowboys play offense either. McCarthy said, in fact, they've spent more time this offseason on both offense and defense working on the scramble drill and want to build off that aspect of Prescott's game. And we saw that in hard knocks. I mean, he was looking fine on that ankle, folks. So don't worry about the ankle in his rushing game, his play action pass rolling out of the pocket. He's looking all good. If this were week one and still not the early stages of preseason, there's a little question Dallas would already have number four under center on a Cowboys team with high hopes. Even that joint practice with the Rams had Prescott wanting to do more than simply shadow the other quarterbacks. Quote, uh, I felt like I could go out there, especially when you had the crowd going in the excitement. You're in my um, adrenaline's rolling out. You hate missing a day like this, Prescott said. But I feel great, and I'll be ready for. I'll be ready. I'll be ready when at, when it really matters. So probably expect Dak Prescott not to play in the preseason. Expect him try to be ready to go week one. But uh, that's basically what this article is, folks, and it's just a little unfortunate. We didn't really get that Mike McCarthy side. Um, Nobody's really kind of gushing about how great of a leader and a mentor that Mike McCarthy is. Everyone's just kind of gushing about Dak Prescott. Nobody's gushing about Mike McCarthy. So we'll have to kind of continue to watch just to see how good of a head coach Mike McCarthy actually is having great quarterback talent around him literally at every stop that he's had as a head coach here and he's only had one Super Bowl appearance we'll see if he can kind of get back to some greatness here with Dak this season Um, but we'll continue to uh, learn about Mike McCarthy and his coaching styles and uh, do people actually believe in him or what or is he actually the coach because we kind of saw that maybe Jerry Jones had a lot of say about how Dak Prescott is going to uh, practice while being out with the shoulder injury because uh, we kind of saw two. We saw Mike McCarthy just wanted Mike McCar- uh, Dak Prescott to kind of get treated and off the field, and Jerry Jones still wanted Dak Prescott out on the field, w- at least walking through the reps, even though he couldn't throw. So who's kind of the main coach here? Who's the main leader here? We know the main leader is Dak Prescott, but who's really the coach? It's still a little up in the air, in our opinion, a little up in the air. So we'll continue to monitor Mike McCarthy's situation here. 
Alrighty, let's continue on. We won't get too deep into this because we still want to kind of see these guys on tape when we, you know, break down the uh, game from last night. But Cam Newton on Mac Jones as Patriots preseason quarterback competition is underway. Quote, he's just going to keep getting better and we're going to be here for each other along this whole process. So we liked what we saw from uh, Mac Jones yesterday, folks. We're going to try and watch it again today, but Mac Jones looking confident, going deep. He had an amazing ball. Unfortunately, falls incomplete and I want to watch that one again and we're going to kind of highlight that play because I think the receiver, I think it was on the receiver for not catching it, but Mac Jones airing it out, trying to push the ball on the field and we absolutely love that while once again Cam Newton going a little bit of a dink and dunkish kind of style and once again he only had eight passing touchdowns last season folks you know we know he got 12 rushing but still eight passing is so light I cannot believe that is an actual stat so, Cam Newton, stop praising Mac Jones so much. I mean, this is what we've been hearing from Cam Newton. And, yes, it does make him look like a leader. But at the same time, we all know Cam Newton wants to be the starter here. It's not like Cam Newton, you know, doesn't care about being the starter. So, you know, stop praising Mac Jones because now this quarterback battle is actually heating up. We've been hearing about Mac Jones truly pushing Cam Newton and kind of, you know, making it a true quarterback competition battle. But last night, we were able to kind of see it in full force. And we liked the offense moving with Mac Jones over... Uh, the offense moving with Cam Newton. So, Cam, don't get kind of too cocky. Don't kind of, you know, be buddy-buddy here. Go out and win the starting job and be better because I really think this quarterback battle is a lot closer than uh, what we have been initially hearing since we were finally able to really see it in full force in a game setting. It's still preseason game setting, but it's still a game setting overall, and we loved what we saw from Mac Jones. So I can't wait to watch this man and break down all of his passes. It's going to be great. Alrighty, let's move on to this. We get a nice little in-depth review of the Jaguars practice yesterday. Who is this man? Uh, Jaguars.com senior writer. Fantastic. John Osher. He posts on Twitter about 11 bullet points of what he saw from Jaguars camp yesterday. So once again, we're still a little uncertain on Urban Meyer. We know there's an uh, open, open in quotes, open quarterback competition here. So let's see what John Osher was saying about this Jaguars practice yesterday. Is there anything we can take away from this? So let's read all 11 bullet points. Jeez Louise, here we go. Here we go. Number one, the Jaguars practiced in light pads for two hours, 20 minutes Thursday in temperatures that reached 87 degrees on day 13 of 2021 training camp at the Dream Finders Homes Practice Complex. Takeaway number two, that's just, you know, setting it up, folks. It's not all just, you know, hey, well, the, the grass was growing and there was a little bit of sunshine and the cloud and the density and the air temperature. It's not all just that, folks. So that was just the first, you know, set it all up. Here we go. Takeaway number two, Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer on Thursday did not name a starting quarterback for Saturday's preseason opener, saying both rookie Trevor Lawrence and veteran Gardner Minshew will play against the Cleveland Browns. Um... At TIAA Bank Field, Meyer said, quote, we'll finalize that tonight, but they'll both play. And that's what we know. This is an open quarterback competition, so it doesn't really matter who starts initially like we saw from the Denver Broncos. Um, Drew Locke is going to start preseason game number one. Teddy Bridgewater is going to start preseason game number two, but they're both going to be playing and get some nice valuable reps out there um, in these preseason games. So the same thing here with the Jaguars. Number three, Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence, quote, 
I know I'm going to play. If I know I'm going to play, I'm going to be prepared. That's how I'm looking at it. How much? I don't really know for sure. I'm sure a fair amount. I'm just going to be ready. And that's all you can ask for. So Trevor Lawrence, he says he's going to be ready. So if he flounders... You know, that's going to, you know, be put on him of his kind of physical ability and just kind of, you know, how he handles the game. You know, he can't make the excuse where, you know, I wasn't really prepared. Um, you know, I didn't get a lot of reps starting. I was splitting my reps with Gardner Minshew. So, you know, uh, you know, you can't make that excuse. You're just saying right here, I'm going to be prepared. Um, you know, I know I'm going to play, so I know I'm going to be prepared. So, hey. You're going to have to handle your workload. There's no excuses here by Trevor Lawrence, and we got to see him be at least solid out there and not flounder. Takeaway number four, Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer said Thursday, the quarterback competition remains open with both Gardner Minshew and Trevor Lawrence having a chance to start the regular season opener at Houston on September 12th, saying, quote, I think we'll answer that as we get closer, and that's kind of what we heard yesterday. We talked about that yesterday on the show, uh, just how it was phrased, how that question was phrased by the reporter. Is there really a chance Trevor Lawrence won't play week one? We went into that, and we didn't really like it. Like the answer overall, I think we'll answer that as we get closer. Okay. Takeaway number five, Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer on Thursday agreed with what offensive coordinator Darrell Bevel said Wednesday that rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence has shown increased production in grasp, uh, grasp of the offense during the past week, saying, quote, he's had really good days. He's doing really well. So, we have seen Garner Minshew playing well. We've been seeing and hearing Trevor Lawrence playing well. Not great. Not as great as Justin Fields, folks, but still good. <coughs> not everybody could be the best rookie quarterback out of the class, and it seems like it's going to be Justin Fields so far, folks. So let's all re relax on Trevor Lawrence. Takeaway number six, Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer on Thursday praised quarterback Garner Minshew, saying, quote, he has earned my respect. I love that guy. He's a warrior, a competitor. He's a fighter. I just have great respect for Minshew. He brings it every day, every day. So, once again, are we truly buying that Urban Meyer is making this an open quarterback competition? He's having big praise for Gardner Minshew. Is that just to make Gardner Minshew, you know, kind of happy and complacent here? Um, so he doesn't, he isn't requesting a trade and isn't demanding a trade and all that and isn't kind of being a, um, a distraction in the locker room with the trade talk and, you know, just having that real solid backup. With Trevor Lawrence, if you need to pull him out like uh, Brian Flores did with Tua last season, hey, Tua, we're going to start you, but we're also looking to win. You know, we're not going to, you know, lose games so you can get experience and good reps. So if you're not getting it done in any particular game, we've got Ryan Fitzpatrick waiting in the wings, and he's chomping at the bit to get out here and prove everything he can. And if we have to make the switch mid-game, we'll do that. And they won a couple of games doing that. So Urban Meyer may still have that same thought process. Gardner Minshew, he's probably not going to be the week one starter, but I still want Garner Minshew on this team in case Trevor Lawrence is still not winning and getting it done because we've heard Urban Meyer say, you know, this is not a rebuild. We are going to win. We are going to do whatever it takes to win games. We are going to put the people out there to win games. So let's start Trevor Lawrence, get him that experience. If he's not winning games, we bench him midway through. We go with Gardner Minshew. Then we'll try to start Trevor Lawrence, whether it's next week or a couple weeks later. And then if he's still not getting it done, we'll bench him for Gardner Minshew because he feels they can still win with Gardner Minshew if they need to. So once again, we just want to know truly what Urban Meyer is thinking here. And uh, we're trying to read into and get all the crumbs of information that we can. 
Takeaway number seven, Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence says, quote, I feel good. I feel like I've come a long way, especially in camp, of just owning the offense, knowing where my answers and being able to make adjustments. I think that's the biggest thing, transitioning from college to the NFL. So he's handling the transition fine. We know it is a big transition. The speed of the game and all that is way different than it is uh, in the NFL than it is in college. So Trevor Lawrence being good out here. Takeaway number eight, Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence says, quote, it's about how you respond and adjust to different situations. That's something I've just had to learn and I've gotten better at it in the past few weeks. I feel good about where the offense is. There's a long way to go, but we're making progress. Takeaway number nine, Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence again, quote, as times go on, you keep learning. When you make a mistake, it's like, well, I'm not going to do that again. I've had a few dumb mistakes over the past few weeks. That's just part of the learning curve, the learning process, and that's exactly, I've got no problems with rookies making mistakes, four interception days, five interception days. Okay, we've heard some from Zach Wilson, hey, I'm not afraid to make mistakes. This is where I can make mistakes, so this is where I'm going to make mistakes to see what I can get away with and Trevor Lawrence you know following the same model here fantastic we love to hear it takeaway number 10 Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer on cornerback CJ Henderson's quote I see a guy fighting through stuff right now and the stuff is a lot he had to get ready for training camp then boom COVID last year his rookie year started off strong and then fought with injuries so there's a lot to this potential trade here about uh, the cornerback CJ Henderson. We'll see if they go through with it and they actually trade him away. But Urban Meyer saying, uh, you know, he, you know, I see a guy fighting through. He likes that warrior competitive edge with Tim Tebow. We've heard the same thing about Gardner Minshew. So it's going to be interesting. He sees cornerback CJ Henderson. I see a guy fighting through stuff right now and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, does he truly like that kind of competitive edge and warrior nature and stuff? We'll see. And then last takeaway right here, Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer said Thursday offensive coordinator Dar Darrell Bevel will work games from the press box this season with passing game coordinator Brian, Scheinhe Brian Schoenheimer and defensive coordinator Joe Cullen working from the sidelines. So that's what we've got so far. On this Jaguars team, still an open quarterback competition. It will no more come, uh, when do they got the preseason game? Saturday? I think they play Saturday. Let me quickly look at that. Uh, and do they have a favorable opponent? Let's quickly uh, see what we get. So Jaguars uh, have their game on Saturday against the Browns, 7 o'clock. So they're at home. Going to be kind of a great setting for both these quarterbacks to kind of get that good reps in. And uh, hopefully we'll know by the end of today, hopefully by the end of the show today, where we can kind of just see uh, who the starting quarterback for this Jaguars team is going to be. They said they were going to finalize that tonight, which was last night. So hopefully, let's quickly, we'll take a quick look at our timeline right now. Do we have any... Um, do we have any information, any update on who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Jaguars? If I had a guess, if I had a guess, I would say Urban Meyer probably goes with Gardner Minshew with the ones. If I had to guess, once again, kind of showing that he does truly maybe want 
Gardner Minshew to potentially, possibly, maybe be the starter. We don't know. We don't really know what Urban Meyer. He just he doesn't seem authentic to us and stuff he says. So we don't really buy into that this is a true starting quarterback battle. But we don't know. And we'll you know, like we said, only time will tell, but we don't know. Um all right, so it doesn't seem like we have any update on that, so let's just move on to the next story. Hopefully it breaks in the next maybe 40 minutes before we uh, end. So let's see. All right, next story up. Here we go. All right. Yes, I've seen this video, folks. Daniel Jones, I think yesterday in practice, in training camp, being bad, <laughs> being real, real bad right here. And this is concerning because we're expecting big things from Daniel Jones. We're expecting that three year three leap that Josh Allen had. So we're putting a lot of stake in this Giants team overall, putting a lot of stake in Daniel Jones, and even putting a lot of stake in Saquon Barkley, a la the canvas hanging behind us. So we have a lot of stake in this Giants team, and we need to see Daniel Jones be good. But, man, oh, man, this play is absolutely trash. Daniel Jones dropping back to pass right here. Then he throws over the middle to a wide open defender. There is no there is no offensive player within 15 yards. So I don't even know what the hell Daniel Jones was seeing out there. Uh, lucky for Daniel Jones, it wasn't picked off because the defender has stone hands. Because uh, this is literally thrown right to the defender. I mean, folks, look at this. I mean, folks, look at this. Look at that. And he just drops it. What the hell is that? I mean, so Daniel Jones a little bailed out there, not throwing a pick. But, I mean, this is one of the worst throws I think I've ever seen. Um, worst throw I think I've ever seen of all time. Literally just threw it right to the defender, folks. I mean, so we're hoping Daniel Jones is getting a little bit better out there. Um... This is a concerning play, and we haven't been hearing that many great things from this Giants team. Saquon Barkley is not practicing. The big scuffle um, that broke out that kind of seemed like it was good in the long run, but only time will tell on that. And we haven't really been seeing a lot of Daniel Jones great balls. So uh, uh, we're hoping, and we're still standing behind Daniel Jones. Yes, this is only one play, but... It's it's a real it's a real concerning <laughs> this is a concerning play, folks. Especially for a guy going into year three. I don't know why he's making this throw. I don't know what the hell this is all about. So, all right. So that's the Daniel Jones play. It's all over Twitter and uh, not looking good. Okay. Let's move on. What's up next? Here we go. All right. So the Steelers are getting another linebacker. This time, the Jaguars and the Steelers are trading here. Steelers trade for Jaguars linebacker Joe Schobert. Pittsburgh will send a late-round draft pick for compensa compensation to Jacksonville. Um, and Schobert is due $7.3 million a season. So, once again, the Steelers' defense is getting a little bit more beefier up front or in their linebacker position. Let's see what Joe Schobert is all about here. Let's get up his stats. See what he's been doing. And seeing if the Steelers can definitely utilize him in the linebacker position. So, here we go. Joe Schobert. Played in the league for five years going into his six. Started with Cleveland the first four seasons, and then he went to Jacksonville, and then he is out. So, uh, over five seasons, he's got nine forced fumbles. Okay, we'll take that. 24 pass defenses, we'll take that. 
He's got uh, nine interceptions as a linebacker. We'll definitely take that. He's got a pick six as well. Yes, sir. Score, score, score. Uh, he led the league in combined tackles in 2017 at 144. That's real solid. And then just last year, he had 141 combined tackles with the Jags. So really looking good here for the Steelers team. Quarterback hits, he's got 25 total quarterback hits. He's got 21 tackles for losses, and he's got 336 solo tackles for his entire career. So looking real solid out here. Good pickup. Um, is he going to be a starting linebacker for the Steelers team? Let's quickly take a look. They lost Bud Dupree, a nice kind of you know linebacker edge rusher. Let's see, what's their new depth chart looking like defensively? They've got him kind of listed as they're, as they're starting right uh, right side linebacker. So we'll see with Devin Bush and Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt as well. So we'll see how this uh, defense of the Steelers kind of, you know, progresses here. They lost, like we said, they lost. Um, they lost. Who do they freaking lose, folks? Jeez. Um, I just said his name. They lost the other linebacker. They lost another linebacker. They bring in a linebacker. So we'll just see how good Joe Schobert is working out for the Steelers team and if the Steelers defense can kind of get back to what it was last season, which was real solid before they all started to get injured at the back end of the season. So a little bit of a uh, little bit of a trade here. Jaguars or Meyer getting rid of Joe Schobert. Okay, we'll see if that's the right choice. So we'll keep an eye on Joe Schobert and the Steelers defense and the Jaguars defense and see who won this trade because they're getting just a uh, late round draft pick for compensation. So it's not like they were giving up that much for a starting linebacker. So, okay. All right, here we go. Next story up here, and this one's a little interesting. Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin says quarterback Ben Roethlisberger will play against the Lions in Pittsburgh's third preseason game. Now, that's not their final because they got four. So, they're going to play Big Ben in preseason game number three here a little bit. I, do, I still don't expect him to play a lot. Maybe the first quarter, a couple of series here. Uh, don't expect him to be playing that much, like an entire half or anything like that. Um, and we heard that's kind of what hurt Ben Roethlisberger last season. Having high reps in the offseason and then his arm declines so I would really kind of hold him to a real real low kind of throw count here just so we can save the arm it's all about saving Ben's arm for the end of the season when they are going to definitely need it because we saw it flounder last season so Najee Harris hasn't been getting the most burn out here for the Steelers. Barely played last night. I thought he was going to get a bigger workload, but he didn't. So hopefully that kind of tells us that we're really not going to see that much from Big Ben either. So we'll see how long Big Ben plays in these preseason games. Hopefully not that much, but we got two more left for the Steelers. Alrighty, let's get a nice little update on this. Darren Waller, the tight end for the Raiders, who we absolutely love about, we gush about all the time out here. Uh, big 6'6 tight end that runs like a freaking Josh Gordon out here. Fantastic. So, Darren Waller's missed like the last 10 days of practice with a little bit of an ankle injury, but there are reports that this is not concerning and that they're just taking it slow with Darren Waller, making sure that he is truly up to 100% before they put him out there because he is going to be a huge piece that is going to have to get it done this season if this Raiders team wants to be a consistent, winnable team. So they're just taking it very, very light with Darren Waller, and we hope that this is not concerning. We are going to try to believe what the Raiders are reporting out here, that this is not a concerning injury, but... Um, 
We need Darren Waller out there. We love to see him. We got the tight end universities. We're focusing in on the tight ends this season bigly, and Darren Waller is top three in this league, and I would, I'm very close to putting Darren Waller the best tight end, um, but I'm giving a little bit respect to George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, who have been doing it a little bit longer at a more consistent high ba- uh, pace than Darren Waller has just the last two seasons. So we're expecting big things from Darren Waller, and we're hoping this ankle injury isn't anything that big. Uh, Speaking of ankle injuries, another uh, ankle, small little ankle tweak out here. We get Colts rookie defensive end Quiddy Pay. He was just seen wearing a boot at practice. He's still out there. And once again, this is, you know, we don't really know the full extent out here. But if he's still practicing just wearing a boot, you could see him kind of, you know, potentially maybe being all right, but maybe also missing a little bit of time. So we don't really have the full diagnosis of Quiddy Pay just quite yet. We don't have Pay ranked that highly on our defensive end big board. We've only looked at three in the offseason, and we have him ranked number three. We got Aziz Ulajari. Ujulari and then Carlos Bashman ahead of Pay, but uh, we still need this Colts defense to truly kind of be a main force, complementary football, making it e- as easy as possible on Carson Wentz to just be like a game-managing type quarterback this season, so we'll see how long Pay is good for. Uh, hopefully it's nothing big, but he was seen wearing a boot at practice yesterday. Alrighty, our daily Justin Fields is absolutely amazing. It will be the greatest quarterback of all time segment here. We get Justin Fields in uh, group joint practice here with the Dolphins, and he's throwing to Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham on a route right here, getting a nice kind of half a step on the defender, and Justin Fields laying it absolutely magnificently, folks. Look at this throw. Bingo, bango, great throw, great catch. Put it exactly where the ball had to be led Jimmy Graham he caught it in stride one hand catch by Jimmy Graham because he laid it out in front of him fantastic the defender was kind of grabbing his other arm that's why it had to be a one hand to catch so just Justin Fields folks he's looking like the real deal he's looking like the most primed ready rookie quarterback to go out there and start winning week one week one we'll see a lot more of them in preseason this week I think it's a Saturday game when he goes against the Dolphins but man oh man he's just I mean he's just impressing us every single day folks this throw is another folks how many times have we said that Justin Fields is throwing an absolutely magnificent ball I can't even count that's how many times we've been saying it so Justin Fields to Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham said, hey, he's looking like Russell Wilson out here. He reminds me of Russell Wilson. And folks, 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 we get this right here. The big old connection right here against a Dolphins defense. And once again, Justin Fields is just truly getting it done. He's got to be. He's got to be the week one starter, folks. Bet it. Bet it. Bet it now. All righty. No, you know, we talked about. Justin Fields being good, and they've got joint practice with the Dolphins, so let's see what the Dolphins are doing out here in the joint practice against the Bears. This time, we get rookie wide receiver Jalen Waddle absolutely putting on the moves. Once again, just, you know, we put a big emphasis on winning at the line of scrimmage just with your feet, and that's what Jalen Waddle is doing right out here, just kind of within like a one to two yard within the uh, you know line of scrimmage. He's able to just get great separation, folks, and he's got great speed, and he just has great just finesse and bursts of acceleration, folks. There's speed, and there's speed, and there's speed, and this man's got some great kind of speed and finesse right here. Just look at that cut. Had this freaking corner turned around in the spin cycle. 
So Jalen Waddle's panning out real solid right here. And once again, Jalen Waddle may be the best primed, ready, week one starting wide receiver that we've been seeing. We've been seeing all right things about Devontae Smith, hearing some good things about him. Uh, not as much as Jalen Waddle, most likely. And, uh, you know, with... Um, Jamar Chase, we're hearing that he's struggling here, even from his own mouth, saying, you know, yeah, these struggles, man, I'm struggling out here. I'm not getting as much separation as I was kind of anticipated to get. So Justin Fields is looking like the best quarterback ready to go right out of the gate, right out of the box, and Jalen Waddle's looking like the best wide receiver right out of the box here of the draft class this season. So we'll keep, obviously, eyes on all the players, all the rookies here, but Jalen Waddle's looking real good. Look at him go. That great cut, inside burst of speed, great separation. That would have been a touchdown, folks. He would have just ran across the field, ran everybody, uh, ran around everybody, and the man's got some great, uh, great bursts of speed right there. Fantastic. All right, the last uh, story to go over, we get a top five takeaways from Washington football camp here by Albert Breer. Now, we just saw Washington last night in the preseason, and they were looking all right. Once again, Ryan Fitzpatrick I didn't put up any points, I'm pretty sure. And once again, that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick does, and we're going to watch him throw the ball too today. So I'm not the biggest Ryan Fitzpatrick believer, folks. Maybe I was a little bit too... Uh, a little bit too high on them when we were making our list, saying that they're ceiling at 13-4. Maybe they are just truly a 9-8 and eight team. So maybe we have this Washington team ranked a little bit high. I can't get behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, folks. I, I saw it again last night, so... Let's see what Albert Breer is saying here about the Washington football team. Here we go. Takeaway number one, wide receiver Terry McLaurin and tight end Logan Thomas are both having great summers. No surprise, but both are poised to take another step. And we saw Terry McLaurin out there last night, caught a couple of passes for solid yards. I know he caught a first down at some point, uh, so we'll see what he's been doing last night as well. Takeaway number two, rookie wide receiver Diame Brown can roll, and he has hit the ground running. He's playing, not thinking. Some see McLaurin in him. Ooh, so if we can get another great wide receiver here, this is kind of a knock on the Washington overall roster is that they don't have that many playmakers all over the field. Terry McLaurin is by far their best wide receiver that they have, and if the rookie wide receiver Diame Brown is getting it done, that's fantastic. Uh, let's quickly see, did Diame Brown play last night? I don't remember hearing from him. Uh, so let's go to his stats from last night. Deami Brown. Uh, two catches for 16 yards, and he was targeted four times. Uh, so we'll see if we can kind of, you know, look at him. Once again, we can't really go by the plays, unfortunately. So it's going to be tough, but we'll see if we can make it work here because Game Pass is being trash. Unfortunate. All right, takeaway number three. Washington football team needs help at linebacker and Cole Holcomb is coming through for them, has had a big camp, one under-the-radar name at the position, Kaliki Hudson. So we'll keep an eye on their linebackers. Let's see what they did uh, yesterday defensively. Can we see what Cole Holcomb did defensively? Cole Holcomb, he had two tackles, and that was it. Okay. And and then the other guy, he said, one sleeper under-the-radar under name, Kaliki Hudson. Did he play yesterday? Kaliki Hudson, three tackles, one assist tackle, and that was it. So, okay, getting it done, getting in the tackle game. All right. Takeaway number four. Coaches love Cam Curl's versatility at safety should help in deploying Landon Collins. Three other def defensive backs are trending up. St. Justy, Reeves, and Johnson. And I don't believe there was any takeaways um, on this. Oh, no, Steve Monta. Oh, no, no, yeah. Um, I don't think there was any takeaways here 
by the Washington football team, unfortunately. So nobody had a big takeaway as we're talking about defensive backs and corners. Okay. So keep an eye on those names. All right, and then last takeaway here, obviously and deservedly, the first-rounders get the attention on the defensive line, but keep an eye on Matt Loondis. Team's excited to have him back, and a note on the group, coaches think they'll be able to play more men with defensive backs in 21, allowing even more aggression up front. All righty, can we see how many sacks they had? Uh, as a team, do we get that? We get team stats? Yeah, let's go to team stats. Um, and they don't bring up team stats. So once again, the NFL website on preseason is trash. How unfortunate. You don't bring up team stats. No team stats? Come on. Um, all right. All right. Uh, any sacks? We got uh, Bun Me Rotimi, a half a sack. David Bata, a half a sack. And that was it for the Washington football team sacks last night. So. No defensive backs, no defensive linemen getting the sacks on preseason game number one for Washington. Over Oregon. All right. So that's where we're at with Washington football team. Watch out for McLaurin, De'Ami Brown. Couple of defensive backs out here. Some safeties. Looking all good. All righty. Those are all the stories that we needed to cover for today. So let's head over and see what we can kind of uh, see in, uh, you know, the game pass, the fake game pass that they're rolling out here. Absolute trash. All you can, you can't even watch them play by play, folks. It's truly unfortunate. So we'll see what we can do here and how easily we can watch some footage on these quarterbacks and what else we know, the other kind of good narratives to kind of go over. Uh, but let's unveil our list first. So here we go, folks. Last season, it was the cash and trash list. Every single week, you know, praising the great players that stood out and kind of, you know, trashing and knocking the bad players. Um, you know, if you were on the cash list, you know, you were on there and, you know, you were evaluated every single week. Same thing with the trash list. Uh, you couldn't get off the trash list and proven, until proven that you weren't trash. So that was last season, but I think we're going to spice it up a little bit this season. So the new list that we're going to kind of um, kind of see how it goes here in preseason, but our new list that we're testing out for this year's regular season is the shame and fame list, folks. Shame and fame. Now, how these lists are going to work is that, you know, we give you our best bets. We talk about betting here on the show. And we're going to hold some of these players accountable because we do our due diligence. We go in depth to see where the great value is. Who can we believe? Who can we bet on on this team to kind of make the line work on our overall bets, single bets, parlays. We love some parlays over here. So we're going to start holding some of these players accountable because... We had a good bet going last night. Patriots and Eagles, that's who we chose just straight up. Patriots, no problem there. Eagles got out to a great start. But then, but then, folks, but then Nick Mullins got in the game at quarterback for the Eagles and was absolute garbage. Garbage, folks, and lost us our bet. Steelers come back and win in the second half, and we just lose because of kind of Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. 
two interceptions, and the Eagles have not had a single first down since Mullins took over in the third quarter. Watch what this man is doing, folks. Here we go. Drops back to pass. His first pass is a pick. Trash looking to potentially go for some points right here. They were all at like midfield. So squandering points for us. Trash. Absolute trash. So Nick Mullins. We're going to hold you a little accountable here, and you're going to be the first name on the shameless Nick Mullins. You owe us $194.70, folks. So, Nick Mullins, you know, I'm not tripping. You know, get it, get, get us the money whenever you can, but uh, you're held accountable because, honestly, you were the only one that really ruined the bet single-handedly. So, welcome to the shameless, my man, Nick Mullins. Preseason game number one. I've got the uh, bet slip to back it up. If you need to see proof, Nick Mullins, that's fine. I will send you the proof. I just need my uh, $197.40. That's what it was on a Patriots-Eagles two-teamer. So, um, yeah, that's what we need from you, Nick Mullins. You are on the shame list. Shame on you for being absolute trash, ruining. You're playing with our money, Nick Mullins. You think you could be third string and have no, you know, carefree? Hey, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to sling it around. People are betting on you, man. We were betting on this Eagles team, and you are part of the Eagles team, and you are the reason why the bet did not pan out. So, Nick Mullins. Let's get his name up here. Nick Mullins, preseason game number one. And he owes us $197.40. So, Nick Mullins, um, you can DM me. Um, cash at me, $197.40. I will get that to you. Um, if you need a receipt, I will take, I will give you that. Um, but, um, we expect that money. So get on it. Uh, you know, take your time, but not too much time. So Nick Mullins, welcome to the first shame list of the season. And as you see, we got this sad little piggy bank up here, smashed, broken in black and white because he ruined it. We could have had $197 in our pocket, but it's Nick Mullins throwing the game away. Trash. Shame. Shame, Nick Mullins. And you're on this list permanently. Uh, you do not get taken off the shame list. You will be here all season long with this $197.40 hanging over your head. So, Nick Mullins is trash. That's why he's a third string. Shame on you. Shame on you. All right. Now, let's go to the fame side of the list. Where, you know, we praise players for thank you for getting it done. We bet on you. We believed in you for a reason. So we appreciate you out there. And we got a couple of players. I'm going to put two players on this fame list that helped our bet pay off a little bit. Because the Patriots did hit. So we do have some fame to talk about. So let's talk about the fame from last night. The first person I'm going to put on the fame list right here is from the Patriots game, obviously because they won. But uh, we're going to give it to Mac Jones out here. Mac Jones last night didn't score a touchdown, but he put his team in position to score two field goals. Gave us six points. I'll take it. It's not great, but at the end of the day, it helped win. You put up six points. That's some solid points right there. Moving the ball down the field, not afraid to go deep with the ball to put up even more points. So, Mac Jones, congratulations, baby. Mac Jones, rookie, first game out here and getting on the fame list. Fantastic. Mac Jones, welcome. Preseason, game number one, Mac Jones, solid six points. Thank you. Thank you, Mac. Um, but 
But we even got one more better one because this one actually won us the game and won us to bet. Um, so I'm just doing kind of Mac Jones a little bit of a courtesy. I kind of liked what we saw, so I'll give him some recognition early on. But, but when the Patriots were down, when they were down, Oh, no, they were up 15 to 13. Uh, but this one really just put the nail in the coffin. Uh, no way that we don't win this bet now with a minute and 17 seconds left. Stevenson runs for 91 big yards. No chance at Washington team to come back. Makes it a two-score game, nine points. And look at this man run, putting the nail in our bet, truly securing it. So I'm going to put this man on the fameless, baby. Let's get his first name up because I don't know his first name. It starts with an R, but something Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson. Ooh, boy. 91 yards to solidify our bet. Congratulations, my man. Right, uh, I don't know how to spell that name, so let's get this spelling up quickly so I don't butcher it on the list. Ramondre. Ramondre Stevenson. Ramon, Ramondre Stevenson. Congratulations. Preseason game number one. 91-yard touchdown to seal win. Fantastic. So, we had Patriots straight up. Mac Jones helped contribute to that, and Ramondre Stevenson absolutely put the nail in the coffin. So, congratulations to Ramondre Stevenson and Mac Jones. Thank you for uh, proving that we can bet on you and that we can rely on you to go get it done out there. It is truly appreciated and rewarded with the fameless, baby. This piggy bank flourishing, money coming out of them, money overflowing on the ground. Because they're fame, baby. They get it done. And we got the fame in gold. Gold right there. We got the shame in red. Black and white broken piggy. Nick Mullins. We still want the $197.40. So please uh, get that to us as soon as possible. So we'll see if we keep up with this list. If this is a good idea, let me know. If you like it, if you hate it, let me know. Uh, but I think this is what we're going to be rocking with, folks. The shame and fame list. If you help us out make a couple of bucks on our bets, we're going to put you on the fame list. But if you, if you disgrace us, if you disgrace us, we're going to put you on the shame list. If you make our money get thrown away, if you ruin our bets, our great bets, we're going to put you on the shame list. And that's exactly what Nick Mullins did. Ruined our bet single-handedly. Absolutely atrocious. All right, so that's our first edition of the Fame and Shameless, folks. All right. Now let's talk about, uh, about some of these quarterbacks that we were able to see last night. So let's start here. Like I said, we can't go play-by-play. Play. I want to see every play by Cam Newton. I want to see every play by Mac Jones. I want to see it you know, nice and tidy uh, where we can skip around and go to the plays where they were throwing. Don't see the running plays, anything like that. But Game Pass is being absolutely, absolutely trash for whatever reason. They like updated their website, and now it's just absolute gum dumpster, folks. So, let's start here at the highlights of every throw by Mac Jones from last night. And then we'll see what, what Cam Newton was doing. No, actually, let's start with Cam Newton because I want to just see the draft comparisons because um, it seemed like Cam Newton wasn't really doing that great. It was kind of doing a little bit of dink and dunk. So, let's watch the first kind of couple of plays here by Cam Newton. And then we'll see what Mac Jones has got. So, Ryan Fitzpatrick... Going down on the field, um, driving down, but then it gets stalled by the running, rushing game, and it has they have to punt. 
All right, here we go. First play by Cam Newton at the helm. They run the ball. We'll skip this. Here we go. Cam Newton on pass number two, taking a little bit of a check down, and it's incomplete. All right, here we go. Pass number three by Cam, or pass number two by Cam Newton drops back to pass, and then gets absolutely obliterated by Chase Young because once again, Chase Young is looking fantastic and instantly, easily beat the offensive lineman here. There was no even chance for Cam Newton to throw this ball. Just look how Chase Young got around the corner. Too easy. I mean, that's not even two seconds to throw the ball. So uh, we're not going to fault Cam Newton taking that sack right there. And it was not a fumble. They uh, they overturned that. All right, so then we're back at Ryan Fitzpatrick. He makes a real good throw right here. This was probably his best throw of the night. Let's watch this one. Um, this was a fantastic throw. Here we go. On third and 10, Ryan Fitzpatrick going to the tight end, Logan Thomas. Fantastic, about 20-yard throw on the sideline. Absolutely magnificent throw. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's best throw all game. Let's see what this next throw is. Uh, it's a run, so we'll skip it. All right, let's get back to Cam Newton. Ryan Fitzpatrick going over the middle of the field, picking up the first down. I believe this drive stalls too. What happens here? I don't think he throws a pick. We got third and two. I think, yeah, they missed a field goal. That's what it is. They're at like the 22-yard line. Ryan Fitzpatrick right here misses this throw. I mean, let's watch this one. This is third and two, folks. And this is wide open. Once again, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's just not the best, most consistent. I mean, you can blame the receiver for, for falling down a little bit. Ryan Fitzpatrick may be putting it too far out of his reach. And then it's the field goal unit that absolutely botches this kick wide left. Unfortunate. All right, we're back to Cam Newton. Here we go. Cam Newton dropping back the pass over the middle of the field. Great throw right here over the middle of the field. Great catch. There's a flag on the play defensively. All right, let's see what uh, we got here by Cam Newton again. Is he still going to be able to move the ball down the field? Here we go. They do a rushing play, solid yards, pick up another rushing play. They pick up the first down. Once again, we just have to go through all these plays, and we can only fast forward by 10 seconds, folks. I wish we could go play by play, but for some reason, Game, play, game Pass took away that option. All right, here we go. Cam Newton, another dink and dunk over the middle of the field, but this time it's to tight end Jonu Smith, and then he's able to run for about 15 yards after, so we know Jonu Smith, Jonu Smith is great at the tight end position, but once again, a little dink and dunk there by Cam Newton. All right, here we go. Trying to set up the screen right here. They set it up. It's good, and it goes for about 15 yards. That's good. But it's a screen pass. It's not too much by Cam Newton. You just got to, de to uh, deliver the ball, and he did that. All right, Cam Newton now at the 14-yard line. They hand off the ball, and the running back hits the corner, and he's down at the two. There's a flag on the play. Holding on the Patriots, so they're backed up now. They do a toss to the left. Cam Newton here on 2nd and 17, throwing over the middle of the field. Once again, another check down for only about 3 yards. Once again, Cam Newton really not airing it out. And we know this. We just saw that all last season, really never taking the downfield throws. Here we go. And then they set up screen on 3rd down, and, uh, you know, it's an incomplete pass. So I believe that's Cam Newton's last play of the game. Let's quickly fast forward until the Patriots' next possession. Here we go. They punt, and I believe it's Mac Jones coming out, and now it's Mac Jones at the helm. So now, thankfully, they have every J Mac Jones passing play here as a highlight so we you know, can see it 
fantastic here. But once again, Cam Newton just not taking those chances down the field. And, you know, we kind of chalked that up to him not having the weapons to do that last season. But now you've got some good weapons, and he's still dinking and dunking, not trusting his deep ball accuracy or whatever it is. He can't make it. I don't know. But either way, it's just not impressive. But it's a complete 180 from what we saw of Mac Jones. So now let's see what Mac Jones was doing last night, folks. Here we go. Throw number one by Mac Jones. Empty backfield. Second and six. Mac Jones, bingo, over the middle of the field. And this one was a catch. They ruled it incomplete. Nobody challenges it. In the replay, you can see 100% certain that it was made. But Bill Belichick doesn't challenge it because he wants to see Mac Jones in this situation on third and six. Hey, third down, go out and earn it. I'm not challenging the play. I know it was caught. I'm not going to challenge it. Go out and earn the third down and six. This is preseason. We can get good looks here, good opportunities, good situational football. And that's where I, that's why. Bill Belichick's a genius, folks. And look at Mac Jones step up. Love it because he completes this third and six. Let's see how. Here we go. Mac Jones dropping back to pass. Bingo, bango. Come back route on the left sideline. And it's good. First down completion on third and six. Mac Jones not being afraid of the moment. Not kind of, you know, um, floundering or squabbling that opportunity of picking up a first down, getting more reps out there, moving the ball. And that's why we put Mac Jones on the fame list, baby. He's helping moving the ball down the field. And for that, they were able to put up points because of that. So let's keep up with Mac Jones here. Here we go. Next throw. Play action pass on first and 10. Bingo, bango over the middle of the field. Was able to get it behind the defenders, the linebackers, and that's an easy completion for 10 yards. Next throw up here in Washington Territory, and this is the play I was alluding to earlier in the show. An absolute dime here, folks. An absolute dime, folks. Look at this one. 40 yards from the 40 all the way down to the goal line, and it just goes through the receiver's hands. This is fantastic. This is on the money, folks. Mac Jones, the best pass of the entire day by all quarterbacks played. It's Mac Jones right here. Unfortunately, the wide receiver just drops it. Just absolutely drops it right here. Goes right through his hands. An absolutely perfected throw. 40 yards deep, which, which uh, would have resulted in a touchdown. But the wide receiver drops it. Next, Mac Jones pass right here, folks. All right, a little too much inside right here. Good coverage here by the defender. A slant route over the middle on third and seven, and it's incomplete. Unfortunate. Mac Jones back out on the field now after scoring a field goal. Mac Jones over the middle of the field, a little bit of a check down, and it goes for 10, picks up the first. We'll give him credit. Looks like he had this man in the wings. Let's go back here. Here we go. This tight end leaking out. Looks like on a wheel route. Had a pretty wide open right there. Probably should have made that read a little bit. All right, here we go. Next play, empty backfield on first and 15. Let's see how Mac Jones handles this one. Pressure is coming. Checks it down over the middle of the field. Wide receiver number 17 who dropped a touchdown pass was able to catch this one and bring it for about uh, seven yards. Second and seven. Bingo Bango sees it open. A little bit of a short pass right there. Shorted it a little bit and it's two yards short. He puts this one right on the money um, in stride and it maybe picks up the first down. So got to be a little bit more accurate out here, Mac Jones. All right, here we go. Third and two. Can he pick up this first down? Steps up in the pocket, tries to take off. Does he get the first? Does he dive for the first? What do they call? They call him short? I think they call him a little short. When was that play? Hang on. When was this? 
Yeah, they called him short. Unfortunate. And then he just takes the knee to end the half. All right, he's still playing in the second half here. Here we go. Mac Jones, another dink over the middle of the field. Nice little, another little check down. All right, want to see you start to open it up a little bit more. I mean, he was opening it up before, but now he's starting to clam up a little bit. Here we go, second and three. Another check down over the middle of the field. This time it's the receiver able to kind of go and reach and stretch across for the first down. Here we go, first and ten. Now they're down seven to six. Got to do something. Still down seven to six on this drive, I should say. Once again, another check down right there. Another dink. A setup screen right there. And it's able to go for the first down. But once again, that's not really on Mac Jones. That's just the blocking. The wide receiver is doing all the work. So we're seeing Mac Jones kind of get a little worse over time a little bit as this game's progressing. Starting to check it down a little bit more. Let's see if he starts to open it back up here. Here we go. Slant route over the middle. Good throw right there. And it's able to pick about uh, six yards up. Third and three now. Same drive over midfield. Can he complete another third down? Let's see. Come on, Mac. Extend the drive. And bango, bango. A good throw right here. Dangerous throw. I wish we could get a nice little replay on this one because they showed the replay in the game of how close this was. And once again, we just can't see it because it's a condensed game. But look at this, folks. I mean, did this come off? And once again, I mean, another reason why we hate the new game pass is because now it's all highlighted out because I paused it. So a little harder to see it, but you've got the receiver right here who he's throwing to a real tight window. And this defender just can't make a play on the ball quick enough. And it goes for the completion. So a real dangerous throw, real tight throw. We'll give him credit because it's a completion. But also maybe if that's the ones, it's a pick. So real tough to decide. All right, set up running back screen right here. That doesn't go for much because of bad blocking. Mac Jones again here on second and 10. A wide receiver screen again. Good blocking up front, and it goes for about seven yards. What else do we get? Here we go, Mac Jones. Third and four. Come on, pick up another first one, baby. And uh, pressure's coming. And uh, he just kind of throws it away into the dirt. So, unfortunate, couldn't kind of, you know, complete the drive right there for a touchdown. But he gets another three points out of it. And they're able to take the lead. And now up 9-7. to seven. Mac Jones back out on the field here. Two minutes left in the third quarter. Incomplete pass. A little bit too low right there. Diving wide receiver couldn't make the catch. Also was facing a little bit of pressure. Here we go. Dropping back to pass again. And the pressure eats him alive. And he goes down. Sack. Third and 24. Can you pick up this third down? Let's see. Here we go. Plenty of time to throw. Going deep. Yes, sir. Take the deep shot. And it's just a little overthrown. Tad overthrown. But we're liking the aggressiveness here. We didn't really see that from Cam Newton, unfortunately. So maybe Mac Jones is slowly starting to win the starting job. And I think I want to see Mac Jones with the starters come preseason game two to see what he can do out here. So... Mac Jones, folks, truly impressive from last night. I give the man credit. All right, let's just finish this off by just kind of uh, tallying these stats here, and then we'll head over to the uh, Eagles-Steelers game. Uh, Taylor Heineke didn't look the best out there. 9-15 for 86 yards, no touchdown, no interception. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick officially ends up 5-8 of eight for 58 yards, no touchdown, no interception. Running backs, nothing great. Let's see what Washington did. Uh, J.D. McKissick only run rush for two yards. Um, 
Lamar Miller, three rushes for 14 yards. Antonio Gibson, five rushes for 15 yards. The main starting running back right there getting decent burn, only three rushes. And then for the running game of the Patriots, Sony Michelle, six rushes for 26 yards. And then Ramondre Stevenson with that big 90-yard rush, 10 rushes for 127 yards, two touchdowns as well. So overall, just all rightness by both these teams. Nothing truly absolutely great. And now let's talk about the Steelers and the Eagles. All righty. Steelers, once again, Mason Rudolph not really doing anything, um, not scoring any points while he's out on the field like we saw in preseason game number one for the Steelers. Mason Rudolph going 8 of 9 for 77 yards. But then Dwayne Haskins kind of getting it done, 16 of 22 for 161 yards and a touchdown. Uh, can we watch Dwayne Haskins? Yeah, we can watch his highlights. So we'll watch what Dwayne Haskins is doing. But I also kind of want to see what Jalen Hurts was doing. Jalen Hurts goes 3 of 7 for 54 yards, but Joe Flacco goes 10 of 7 for 178 yards and a touchdown. So, uh, Joe, who started? Jalen Hurts started. So, let's see what we can get here early on with Jalen Hurts because we got to see how he's progressing a little bit. And he didn't get that many throws. Only, what do we say, seven throws here by Jalen Hurts. So, let's see what we get by Jalen Hurts right out of the gate. Here we go. Play number one by Jalen Hurts. Drops back to pass. Feels the pressure, escapes the pocket, and then a little check down right there for about seven, eight yards. Okay. Got to stand in the pocket a little bit. You saw him a little shaky out there. Like, as soon as the ball was snapped, he wanted to kind of get out of the way. Here we go. Standing in the pocket strong, fantastic, and a great throw right here. Is that to his tight end? Jeez, Louise, to uh, Gobert. Jeez, or Goddard, Dallas Goddard. Fantastic throw right here. Stood in the pocket strong. And absolutely put the ball right on the money right here. Let's watch this one again. This is a great ball. Boom. Pressure in his face, too. Fantastic. Goes for the first down and many more. Able to get across midfield. Fantastic. All right, here we go. Next play. Another pass. He was staring this man down the entire way. It's a comeback route on the right sideline, and it's just an incomplete ball right there. Looked to be a little short, and the receiver just couldn't make the diving catch to go up and get it. All right, here we go. Next play. They're going to run the ball. Picks up about four or five yards. Three yards officially. Here we go, third and seven. Can Jalen Hurts pick up the third down, passing the ball over the middle of the field? And, oh, man, do they call that a completion? No. Uh, just a little unfortunate right here. He rifles this ball over the middle of the field. Wide open, great ball. It's just uh, the tight end. I think that's Goddard again. Not able to catch the ball, unfortunate. So, overall, Jalen Hurts not looking bad on that first drive. Moving the ball, feeling good, feeling comfortable, and slinging it. These, I mean, you just saw the velocity on some of those throws. Really good. Does he play drive number two? He does. So let's skip to drive number two. Mason Rudolph not doing anything. He's moving the ball all right, but it's not resulting into any points, which is what we've been seeing literally his entire career, folks. All right, let's get back to the Eagles next drive here so we can watch Jalen Hurts. All right, here we go. Jalen Hurts back, backed up to his own two-yard line. Let's see how he works out of here. 
Stands in the pocket in his own end zone, taking a deep shot, and oh, 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 man, just overthrows the receiver right here, and this would have been a touchdown if he puts it right on the money. The great separation right there by the wide receiver, but literally just an inch overthrown, but I still like the aggressiveness, taking the shot, and still feeling comfortable standing in the pocket in his own end zone. Pretty solid. Here we go. Next pass right here. Still standing tall in the pocket in his own end zone, delivering it to his tight end right there. Is that Zach Ertz? Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard, one of the tight ends. All right, we're back to handing off the ball. Here we go. Second and six. Jalen Hurts, play action pass. Escaping the pocket, feeling the pressure. And then just having to throw it away. Nothing open. At least nothing we can see because, once again, they don't have the game pass footage out here. All right, third and six. Drops back to pass. Come on, pick up the first down. Jalen Hurts deciding to take off with it, and he comes down about two yards short, and that's the end of his night, unfortunately. So, overall, not bad by Jalen Hurts. Being aggressive, being good. Unfortunate, some of the some of the catches were dropped, unfortunately. But, overall, still looking really solid out there in just kind of the short film of those two drives. So, overall, not bad. Uh, let's watch a Joe Flacco drive. Um, don't want to watch Mason Rudolph. I care zero about what this man is doing, folks. I mean, I'd rather watch Dwayne Haskins, and that's what we're going to do. But let's watch Joe Flacco on his first drive out here. Is he looking a little bit better than Jalen Hurts? He got a lot uh, more drives than Jalen Hurts did, a lot more throwing opportunities. All right, play action, pa or, yeah, play action pass, read option on the first play. They hand it off. Joe Flacco, second and five. What do we get? Play action pass. Joe Flacco over the middle of the field, delivering the ball, and it's good for the first down for about seven yards. Good ball right there. Good ball placement. Here we go. Wide receiver screen on Joe Flacco's next attempt. And that's the speedster right there taking it all the way. So, yes, Joe Flacco throws a touchdown pass, but it's a screen pass for about 80 yards. That's not really Joe Flacco. That's the blocking in the, you know, receiver, the receivers. So, once again, all these Joe Flaccos, 178 yards, take off another 70 yards, and he's 10 of 17 for 100 yards, 10 yards a pass. Nothing truly extraordinary about Joe Flacco's touchdown pass either. So, once again, we're not going to be, you know, sell, you know, buying into Joe Flacco. I still think that Jalen Hurts should be the starter out here, and I still like uh, what we saw in the quick glimpses of him. Hopefully we get more. And then we talk about the trash Nick Mullins, one of five for four yards and two interceptions in blowing our bat. Unfortunate. All right, now let's just finish off on Dwayne Haskins. Um, unfortunate, uh, Najee Harris only had two rushes for 10 yards, unfortunately, so we still didn't get to see Najee Harris. Uh, the best run, run of the night came from uh, Ramondre Stevenson's folks and not Najee Harris. How unfortunate. Uh, but Dwayne Haskins goes 6 of 22 for one touchdown and 161 yards. So let's watch some Dwayne Haskins highlights and see if he's truly progressing here. Of You know, we've heard him say he wants to rival Mason Rudolph for the second string job here for the Steelers. So let's see what we get here. All right, these are all the highlights, not every single throw. So we are not going to see any bad here, unfortunately. So let's see what we get. Here we go. Two minutes and 20 seconds of highlights. Let's see what Dwayne Haskins has got. A check down over the middle of the field to his tight end for about five yards. 
Next play up. Here we go. Third and one. Can he complete it? It's a bootleg, and then he throws it. Bingo, bango. Fantastic to the running back, and it's good for the first down. Very well done. Taking it when it's open, getting the first down, moving the chains. We like that. A wide receiver screen right here, and it goes for about eight yards. Once again, we're seeing a lot of wide receiver screens, folks, and that's what we're going to see this season, too, folks. So watch out for the wide receiver screen. Another roll to the right. Are they going to give him the first down right there? That was close. It does seem like they did give him the first down. Dwayne Haskins. Boom, boom, down to the five-yard line. A real good throw right here, getting it there before the defender can go and break it up. Let's watch this one again. Real solid strike. Boom, that's a great tight window to throw the ball in, and it's absolute perfection. That's a great throw by Dwayne Haskins. First and goal, they're able to score seven points out of that. So Dwayne Haskins moving the ball down the field, scoring touchdowns. A nice little wide open pass right here that goes for 10. Five yards after the catch. Third and three, Dwayne Haskins, a check down, good coverage. But hey, that's Dwayne Haskins putting it right on the money. And uh, you know, the receiver dragging the defender across that first down yard marker. Second and nine, Dwayne Haskins dropping back. Once again, another little dink and dunk, five yards. Receiver takes it another three. Now we get kind of third and one. We get another third and ten. It's a free play. Defender jumps off sides. Dwayne Haskins goes a little deep, and it's a free play, and he's able to find it for the touchdown. So well done by Dwayne Haskins right here. Not settling for a check down, knowing that it's a free play on third down, and then just takes it and flings it into the end zone for the touchdown. Bingo, bango. Dwayne Haskins, you know, um, marching down for a 14 points right there. I think they missed a point after because I think they stick with 13 points. Is that right? Um... Oh, no, they do make it. It is 14. But overall, Dwayne Haskins able to move the ball, and that's a real promising sign because Mason Rudolph has scored zero points in his first two preseason games, and he's, you know, starting out there, folks. So not great by Mason Rudolph. All right, what do we get here? Second and 13, Dwayne Haskins over the middle of the field once again. It's decently open, and I'm not going to knock him, but once again, we still want you to kind of take these deeper shots, not when you just have free plays. Let's start moving the ball down the field. Here we go. Going deep. Here we go. Wide open. Boom. Put it right in there between the corner and the safety. And it fell just in time to the receiver. Fantastic. Right here over the middle of the field. 15 yards on the field. That's what we're talking about. All right. He kind of shut us up. Those last two plays going deep. That's what we like to see. So Dwayne Haskins is hes not looking like a starting quarterback out there. But he's looking like a real solid backup here. And definitely a lot better than Mason Rudolph. So Dwayne Haskins may be figuring it all out here with this talented Steelers uh, just overall roster and, uh, you know, some solid drives there putting up the points. So Dwayne Haskins truly winning us over a little bit here for the Steelers. Obviously, he isn't going to take over. I don't know if he's going to be able to start next season, but a backup, and we believe that's what Dwayne Haskins is really going to, you know, max out at as a solid starter. So Dwayne Haskins putting it up, moving the ball down the field, and, uh, you know, putting the pressure on Nick Mullins, and we all know that man floundered big, big, big time. That's why he is on the shame list, folks. So, alrighty, <clears throat> That's going to do it for us. To oh, no, 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 no. We got games tonight, folks. We got games tonight. What are we doing? Uh, so, let's quickly talk over some games and see if there's any good value here. Oh, there's only one game on tonight. No, no, no. I lied. I'm sorry. I keep hitting NFL and not the preseason. There's three games on tonight. Let's see if there's anything we like and any kind of things that we'll take tonight and uh, see if anybody gets on that shame and fame list tomorrow. So here we go. We got the Titans and the Falcons. Falcons at home, minus one and a half. 
We get Bills, Lions, Lions at home, Lions minus one and a half, and then Cowboys, Cardinals, Cardinals at home, Cardinals minus two. Well, I can't, I am definitely taking the Bills plus one and a half tonight. I'm not taking this Lions team, folks. I'm not trusting Dan Campbell. When we're looking at preseason games, something that we should have probably looked a little bit into is coaches. Who's got good coaches? Just last night, it was Bill Belichick versus Ron Rivera. Bill Belichick at home will take that. Patriots won the game. Now, Steelers, Eagles, Nick Sirianni, first-time head coach against Mike Tomlin, veteran in this league, can get it done, and then the Steelers win that game. So maybe we should put a little bit more stake tonight into the coaching, and we got Sean McDermott versus Dan Campbell. Who are you going with? I'm going with the Bills. I'll let y'all decide. So we're going to take the Bills plus one and a half tonight. Cowboys Cardinals Cowboys second preseason game but they struggled to put up points um e, uh, Cardinals at home real solid offense Mike McCarthy versus Cliff Kingsbury I don't think that's really anything great for either side Cliff Kingsbury's good Mike McCarthy's all right nothing special um and then the Falcons and the Titans Falcons first time head coach what do they have who's their second quarterback what do we got here at Falcons depth chart? I don't I, I'm not really expecting the Falcons to do really anything. I think their defense could be really not really great. They got AJ McCarron. Um, what do the Titans have as their second string? Alrighty, we got Logan Woodside and Matt Barkley. So once again, nothing great quarterback-wise, second string. So let's see who's going to be able to move the ball. But I'm going to take the Titans. We'll see how Arthur Smith comes out. You know, his first time coaching. We just saw Nick Sirianni's first preseason game, and he wasn't able to kind of continually get scoring production. You got good scoring production out of your kind of ones and twos, but threes and fours, you know, you're not be able to coach them up. So I'm going to believe in Mike Vrabel. In this Titans team. So we're going to take the Bills plus one and a half. Titans plus one and a half. We'll put 50 bucks on this. Just so we have a cash number. Um, so when we kind of, you know, have the shame list. So we're looking at 182, 23, 50 bucks on Bills plus one and a half. Titans plus one and a half. Hopefully, um, nobody uh, makes the shameless we want everybody to make the fameless and if you help us win these bets you will be on the fameless uh we're gonna stay away from the cardinals um cowboys just because cowboys do have that experience and we saw what that experience did for the steelers uh they end up winning their second preseason game so we'll see how that one shakes out but feeling good with the bills and feeling good with the titans here plus one and a half each we'll take that so that's going to be our kind of picks here for today's preseason games Alrighty, that's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Let's see if anything is breaking. Do we have any uh, update on who's going to be starting for the Jags? We got anything on that? Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, nothing seems to be breaking. So that seems like it is going to do it for us today, folks. Alrighty, folks. Um, we're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow, and we'll see uh, what do we got to look for tonight in preseason. Um, just really the Lions. Let's see what this Lions team can do. Let's see how Jared Goff is looking, and uh, let's see what's going on with the Cowboys. Uh, Dak Prescott's not playing tonight, so we'll see what's up with that with their backups. Alrighty, folks. That is it for us today. We are out of here.